0: Yeah, all right, here we go. It's a Friday, 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 Friday. Cofield and Company. What day? Friday. Ari is here with us back in the Finley Toyota Studios. A good show coming up. We're going to check in with our buddy Xavier Pope in about 15, 20 minutes and uh, get you ready for Rams and Raiders this weekend. Uh, Within five minutes, we'll get to the latest updates on some injuries with the Raiders. But, yeah, we're going to talk to uh, Beth Moens, who, of course, is the uh, TV play-by-play person during the preseason. For the Raiders, let's do it. It's trending at three. Presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Boy, oh boy. Friday, 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 Friday. Not a good day for the new Jeopardy host. Does anyone even know his name? I saw an unbelievable headline on Mike Richards. And this is a big show concern because uh, we have many members of the show who are Jeopardy junkies. The headline read quote What is a quitter? You get it? Like in the question form, right? Right, 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 right. Yeah, Mike Richards is out. He lasted all of nine days. Uh turns out he's another dude who was nailed on a bunch of podcasts going back about eight years. Hadn't scrubbed them. Uh, Was throwing out some offensive stuff about women and Jews. The Ringer looked into it. Now, here's the deal. Why did the Ringer look into it? Well, because the guy had a history. If you don't know who he is, Jeopardy did this big search. They tried out all these different hosts, including some of their former winners like Ken Jennings. Var Burton's a big favorite. Blossom, Maya Bialik, she was very much in the mix. She actually turned him down. I don't think they could offer enough money. So after going through this whole thing, including Aaron Rodgers, then this guy, Mark Richards, who's behind the scenes, executive producer, names himself the host, and it's pretty clear that people around Sony Pictures, around Jeopardy were like, wait a second. This guy's been a creep at work for a while. And, folks, it's not really the the cancel nonsense of what you say in a podcast. It really goes back to the fact that he had multiple investigations on complaints, uh, potential lawsuits on other shows he worked on. Right? Price is right models had gone after him saying he was insensitive. So it all built up. And Ari, guess what? Now the whole thing is wide open again. So are we going to go through, like, another year? Of freaking trying out host, or did we just did we come down to a couple of people who can actually do the show? I thought you were and Adam Hill, uh, had come up with a conclusion on this one. I don't know why this guy decided to name himself the freaking host, but and by the way, he has fired himself from the hosting job. Good luck, bro. Good luck. I don't think you're going to be the executive producer. I don't think you're going to be the one deciding who the next person is. But I would think Levar Burton would be choice number one if he's not going to do all the shows and he's got to do most of the shows no. i think they'll just have like a carousel now uh, of different hosts kind of like the company uh no but here's the deal on the company uh most of the time i'm here so there's one person here that's fair (laughs) feel and company uh yeah it's not a sports talk show it's not first take you know i think stephen a is headed for Stephen A. and Company, Stephen A. and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lead host on Jeopardy is kind of a big deal. O- obviously, Alex Trebek uh, you know, was uh, is still a legend for many people. He set the standard, so they're, they're going to bring in one person who's going to do it most of the time. And uh, this guy, Richards, just completely screwed it up. And how he didn't see this stuff coming from a mile away. If you've burned a bunch of people, you know, over the years, and you land a spot this big, people are going to come after you. Mm-hmm. What if it was just a big conspiracy? To have uh, Aaron Rodgers go ahead and commit to the NFL, and then once that was done, all right,
1: now he can't get in now. So, like, what if that was? uh,
0: What if? What if they make a run at Aaron Rodgers at the last minute? They're like, "What are you making this year?" I'm saying, Uh, "Can they?" We'll give you you $45 million. Let's go walk from the walk away from the Packers. Take the year off. It's not too late, really. Technically, Uh, I don't think he's going to do it, but he certainly has motivation because he does not like the GM uh, Brian Gutekunst. All right. So, we've got updates on the Raiders. I'll get to those in three minutes. Patriots win last night, 35 nothing. Again, we've been telling you, and I don't know how and why we have to keep telling the audience. I just think it's the post-COVID excitement of the NFL and college football being back. And there's so much more coverage now of the preseason games and these joint practices. Like, between the media and many fans just going gaga over anything they see anything they read from practice as being, like, real football and somehow part of real decisions that are upcoming, calm down. We all – there's a reason we were all in support of the preseason being cut down because it doesn't mean a whole lot. And it's funny. It's like then we just completely go in the opposite direction. Ari was joking in our uh, prep meeting – we actually prepped for this. Um, but he said "Is it, it's not too late to move the Patriots up a little in the Cofield and Company preseason rankings. I don't think we're going to move them up, but it is food for thought. Patriots win 35 nothing. Sounds like Ari is uh, buying. We have the Patriots at 15. We're going to talk to the number 16 teams expert today, Ron Johnson, talking to some Vikings. We only have the Patriots in the middle of the national football league if they get better quarterback play like cam newton is closer to old cam newton and if mac jones can actually play then yeah the pats have a chance to move up a little bit maybe to be a top 12 team in the national football league but i wouldn't go too crazy over what happened last night uh combined the qbs again against an eagles team that is going to be dreadful and didn't have its starting quarterback um Mac Jones and Cam Newton, 21 to 28, 249, a touchdown. I think the really cool thing in the game is that Ramondre Stevenson, who actually is a Vegas guy, and at one point looked like he was going to be down for a significant part of the uh, part of the season because of injuries. He had another good game. He had a couple touchdowns, 15 carries for 66 yards. So good for the Patriots, and it's good for the NFL and it adds some intrigue. Hey, Belichick's a great coach. Maybe he has the goods now. He spent a lot of money. Maybe the Pats will be a little bit better and could possibly challenge. The Buffalo Bills. So we come out of the Raiders, joint practices with the Rams. Good news. Well, not totally good news. They didn't get an injury. There's some guys dinged up. They didn't get an injury like the Jets did. The Jets, as they spent all their extra money, one of the guys they picked up was Carl Lawson, who was a part-time defensive end. You figure, hey, he's going to reach the next level, moving on from the Bengals to the Jets. He freaking shredded his Achilles yesterday. So that's awful news. Nothing that bad. For the Raiders, but it's not all good news. Um, I will say, because we'll get you updates on Incognito and Moro here in a couple of minutes, I will say, Waller being out there the last couple of days is big, because I was starting to get worried a little bit. But this was Darren Waller talking about his time away and the injury. He won't mention specifically what the injury was, but it sounds like a nagging injury. So he's just fired up to be back.
2: Yeah, it's good to be out there just, you know, practicing, maybe through a full practices. Uh, feeling good now. Feel like I'm over the hump of the little bit of discomfort that I was feeling. So, yeah, nothing major. It was just um, frustrating because, you know, I always want to be out there working. And it's like, you know, within the last couple of years, like 2019, I don't think i missed a practice in 2020. I missed like a couple during the season. So it's like, you know, I want to be out there, but it's at the same time, it's like maybe sometimes I do need to sit still for a little bit because it's a long season and just prepare for that.
0: Maybe a blessing in disguise in the fact that he probably won't play uh, at all, I don't think, uh, maybe a cup of coffee here or there. Uh, In the preseason, he needs as much rest. He needs to be babied as much as you can. In the preseason, he is the freaking linchpin on this offense until we find out that Henry Ruggs can be a one or someone else steps up to be the number one receiver. So this is probably a good thing. Uh, The fighting, I like the intensity. Day two fighting, maybe a little risky, maybe a little silly. They didn't get to finish all of what they wanted to finish. Colton Miller left tackle. Uh, talked about the fighting and said, hey, you know what when you know when things start to break out you got to back each other up. yeah, you know emotions get a little bit higher when you introduce another another team um, but uh, you know we we gotta you know try to overcome that um, but yeah no definitely we had each other's backs but uh, it's something that we don't want to get in the way of practice you only know, want to be able to finish practice so uh, obviously we could have ended it better. So, Incognito limping around kind of badly from reports yesterday. Again, this is, you know, a couple of people giving you the take. So, we don't know. I don't think we have video of Incognito and his injury. Uh, Nicholas Morrow, who's, you know, last year emerged as a real leader on the defense. They brought him back for pretty decent money. We'll see about that one. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor, NFL insider over on Raider Nation Radio uh, 920, Raiders insider on r and 920, said Incognito doesn't look super serious. Morrow might be a recovery of a few weeks. So we'll get you more updates on that. Like I said, Beth Moans is coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. But we will get more reaction on this uh, Jeopardy stuff. Uh, we'll also get into uh, another outside perspective on what the Raiders did, having the crowd be fully vaccinated. As we'll talk to our legal insider, our culture analyst, Xavier Pope, here on a Friday.
1: Back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio.
0: It's one of our favorite spots of the week. This week, so much going on that we pushed it to Friday. Xavier Pope is with us, attorney out of Chicago, and uh, culture commentary expert. All right. We were talking about Jeopardy and the tryouts for the hosting position for the last six, eight months. Then, in the last, like, three weeks, it became clear that the the boss on the show was just going to name himself the host. I know you weren't happy with it, Mike Richards, and he's been the host for nine days. Now he's out.
1: What happened? Uh, he didn't even last a full Scaramucci. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, it wasn't that I was upset about him getting the job. It was just the fact that there was no business reason for him to feel to be qualified above anyone else, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, who did a great job. Um, who was willing to not play in the National Football League anymore to get this job? He really wanted the gig. Uh, Anderson Cooper, who did a great job, uh, and LeVar Burton, the fan favorite that everybody wanted. Even they didn't even bring in the person that that Alex Trebek. There was a lawyer, uh, Lauren Coates, um, that he wanted, and, and then Mike Richards. You know, there's reports come out and said some disparaging things about women and and the Jewish the Jewish people and. And and, and and African-Americans and Hispanics and, and, and then um, maybe sabotage some of the gigs of some of the guest hosts. Just an absolute disaster. Um, Mike Richards is out. Um, he lasted as short as Starscream's reign as head of the Decepticons <laughs> as well.
0: Well, you know, the weird thing is when we can sit here and, and have a conversation, well, let's do that first. Um, what are your thoughts on... Hey, I did an irreverent podcast. It was a poor attempt at humor that I did six or seven years ago. We've seen a lot of people tumble and fall because of stuff they did five, 10, and 15 years ago.
1: Yeah. I mean, things you do on the internet is permanent, you know. And he attempted to scrub the the scrubber from the internet. Then the Ringer report came out. The Ringer did a fantastic job of making sure they kept the receipts so that even if he erased they still had what he said on the internet. And it's funny because no one knew, knew, about, knew about this podcast. I had no idea it ever existed. Um, no one really knew who Mike Richards was. I mean, you say something, it goes to the internet, it comes back to bite you. That's why it's important to be careful what you put out there. Mike Richards, uh, get burned in the end.
0: It's a it's a real look into what the TV industry is. And I, I don't know anything about it, but I just find it amazing that, you know, Mike Richards is this all-powerful boss of Jeopardy, but he also has bosses and he had already been in trouble in the past with legal woes within the company. So I don't know how someone above him didn't go, hey, we we got a problem here. He had uh, discrimination litigation against yeah. him, going back to Price is Right and issues with pregnant women and weird comments. You just wonder what the power structure is uh, within a television company. Or is Jeopardy that freaking mighty that they were like, oh, let's let him do what he wants.
1: He also admitted that he wasn't good at quiz shows. <laughs> so... He openly admitted that he was the average white guy, and I am setting the standard for average white guys to get promoted who aren't qualified for the gig. I mean, that's I
0: mean, it's, it's it's plain as day. So the new Jeopardy host is out, Mike Richards. He had a uh, history uh, on a podcast of making disparaging remarks, and I know that rankles people. But uh, you know, he also had uh, legal issues within the company. Who does it rankle, Steve? Oh, right I, oh, I think there's a lot of people out there who continue to see, you know, they see this as cancel culture and that words are being brought up uh, from five yes. and 10 and 15 years ago when times were different. Some people deserve to be canceled
1: <laughs> uh, five, five, six, five, whatever amount of years ago. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't like 30, 40 years ago. The guy's only 46. I mean, yeah. and so he's not an old guy. He's a young guy. Um, that was stupid. And he had a history of legal problems and legal woes and also how he treated staff. And um, ultimately, I think this, this is, he's done as executive producer. Well, that's the amazing too. part.
0: That's the amazing part is this guy fired himself, but he's decided that he can survive and still be the boss. Like, dude, you ain't surviving. Just resign and move on. And listen, I'm not rooting for, you know, for anyone to freaking have their life destroyed in the short term. But what is he trying to pull here? You're not going to be able to stay around. It- He's
1: done, dude. He's totally done. And and he's probably going to go cancel culture and go to the right. Might as well. I mean, that's that's where fans of who, who are into fan, uh, going against cancel culture are. So, All
0: right. So, a similar case, but a guy who's like 30 years older. Uh, what would you make of Jack Morris? Does he get to use the excuse, like, back in my day, I could do an impression on a broadcast of Shohei Otani? He's an idiot. Um,
1: Jack Morris <laughs> – just the low-level base racism. I mean, that wasn't even in a you know that is just unacceptable. <laughs> that was unacceptable 5, 10, 20 years ago. It was not acceptable now. But Jimmy the Greek style ignorance that he he exhibited to to do that. I mean, and then to come after the break and say I'm sorry if I offended someone. I'm sorry if is not a real apology. Right. It is a way of of of, of insulating yourself and apologizing, making people feel like we apologized when we didn't. I thought it was um, half-hearted and it's kind of disgraceful what he did.
0: He's the host of Suit Up News on Twitter. Like over 5 million views now combined since you started the thing. It's Xavier Pope up with Cofield and company. So I got to get your take on what was uh, kind of controversial in Nevada, but I do think uh, the majority of people are actually happy with the Raiders change for – Uh, attending football games at Allegiant Stadium, but like no one else went to this length. You have to be fully vaccinated to get into Raiders games. Uh, If you're not, you can get a poke at the game. You got to wear a mask, but there is no outlet for the unvaccinated. So what do you think of this?
1: I don't think that that's fair to people who have medical conditions that prevent them getting vaccinated. I mean, I think that there are people with disabilities and, and deeply held religious beliefs that may these are these are legally protected ways that you can get around getting your vaccine. And so, I understand that the, the Raiders want to keep, keep everyone safe. Um, I do think the proof of a negative COVID test, uh, as well as vac- or vaccination cards, I think that's probably going to be the wave of the future. What we get. But I think it was a little bit of a, a slight overreach. And this is someone who, who believes in, in vaccinations. But in terms of being legally, like being able to hold that up, I don't necessarily know whether that's going to hold up in
0: yeah, I in think, court of law. I think they are going to allow for the exemptions, um, you know, as long as you can prove it. Uh, we already talked to at least one listener who called in and said, hey, you know, his dad has issues. And, um, you know, so I, I think they're going to have remedies for that. Uh, but I got to tell you, I'm actually I don't I'm not I don't want to insult you and say I'm shocked, but. Uh, with your reaction, my take on this, and basically it was a tidal wave against me was, um, I actually, I think the testing thing should be an option because that's what the Saints are doing. The Saints are allowing uh, anyone to, sh- you know, if they want to show up, you got to test within 48 or 72 hours a negative test. You can get in and then everyone else is fully vaccinated, um, I think that's the way to go. I know UNLV in the same stadium, uh, they were given two options by Governor Sisolak uh, in Nevada. One was what the Raiders did, and in the case of UNLV, everyone can get in, but everyone has to be masked up. Um, I actually think that's a good plan. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I thought it was an overreach, but I gotta tell you, Xavier, what's happened here is we've got this dividing line, and we've become really vicious. It's our team versus their team, and it's making me really uncomfortable because I'm not happy with people who aren't vaccinated but i'll also listen to them i don't automatically hate them it's not without reason you may not like some of the reasons but i just thought it was a little overreaching by the raiders
1: i'll say this once again i don't have a problem with unvaccinated people i have a problem with unvaccinated people not taking preventative measures to keep everyone safe you don't get to just walk around unvaccinated you gotta if you want to go around and be unvaccinated I, you have to put yourself in a position to protect everyone else. That includes wearing a mask. That includes frequent COVID testing. And it's everywhere to get tested. So I think that there's a, there may be some additional responsibilities of being unvaccinated. But if that's your choice to be free to walk around without a vaccine, you don't want to put something in your body, at least get tested frequently and show that you have proof of a negative COVID test.
0: Raiders sold personal seat licenses. Uh, a lot of NFL teams. Don't really have those anymore, but the demand was so freaking big here in Nevada and Las Vegas that they actually sold out of 57 or 58,000 PSLs. Uh, Conditions changed. I wonder what's in the agreement uh, that covers the Raiders. Obviously, the Raiders feel legally comfortable, but I could see some PSL and season ticket holders saying, whoa, 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 this is not what we signed up for. We're going to sue.
1: That means you just spoke directly to the issue, Steve you can't change the conditions of a contract after it's been signed. You, have a, you literally have a clause in contract that says, all the agreements that we kind of went back beforehand, well, this is the one that we efficacy on this contract, and you can't change any of that. <laughs> so if you come later and say, well, uh, we want you now to do X, and it substantially changes the nature of the agreement, then you've now breached the contract. And so I don't think the Raiders can come back later and then say, We took your money. Thank you. And you don't get a refund. It doesn't work like that. Like the Saints tried to do.
0: Well, the Saints were what the Raiders did was smart. The Raiders said, hey, if you want to roll over your season tickets, you can do that. If you want a Mm -hmm. refund, you can do that. The Saints came out and they're like, basically, I think behind the scenes they were like, we're just going to take people's tickets if they want to fight us. Uh, And that (laughs) lasted for like a day and a half where they were like, no refunds. And all of a sudden they had a back they had a backtrack on that because that was going to be a legit lawsuit. Right.
1: Yeah, I'm actually, I tweeted about that the second they announced that I said this will be litigated. I'm a, I am I was imagining fans, season ticket holders, running down to the courthouse and filing that morning. It was just—it wasn't the smartest move. We're in a society right now where a lot of businesses, a lot of leaders, really don't know how to respond to an ongoing pandemic and crisis. So you see decisions being made one day and then pulling it back the next day, and I, I, we've just seen so much incompetence. And so much back and forth in our society, it's it's been it's, it's been incredible to witness.
0: Everyone's got an opinion on this, even NFL coaches, because it affects their job. What do you think of Ron Rivera from uh, Washington, the football team, just flipping out and basically pointing at phones as just hellacious sources of misinformation that it's actually affecting his players?
1: Man, I think that Ron Rivera stepped up in, and spoke his truth. You have to realize he just he's had cancer; <laughs> he is compromised. And, and his team lagged in testing, which is a surprise. And so he's letting you know, like, hey, listen, like, you're, you're impacting my guys. This can impact me coaching my team and winning football games. And so I think it's important for a leader like him to step up. And we, ha- we had our, own, our president said that a, a social media network was killing people. And so people are getting all their information from social media networks. And they're getting all these different conspiracy theories and And he was right to call that out. He didn't call out any specific agency. Some reporters, uh, there was one reporter talked about he he fixated on Fox News, but that's not specifically who he named. And so, but we know that who some of the sources of misinformation has been.
0: Xavier Pope is with us. He's going to stick through the break. On the way back, let's get to some NFL. Xavier's based in Chicago, and we got a uh, quarterback war between Andy Dalton and Justin Fields to talk about.
1: Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Now. Back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota
0: studio. Rolling on with Xavier Pope. At Xavier Pope up on Twitter. He's the host of Suit Up News. All right, before we get to the uh, Bears quarterback derby, which is really exciting because there hasn't been much exciting at quarterback for the Bears, let's go back to the football team for a second. I saw the list of eight possible names, the Washington football franchise. I liked at least uh, two of them. I actually liked Red Wolves, and I really like Red Hogs. What about you?
1: Washington Washington football team no! is the name. No. I keep saying this. It is a classic name. It sets them apart. It brings to bear like this. It was this classic name. And it also kind of brings me to the history that they had that wasn't so great. And it, it, and it was it just, the way their logos. It just looks classic. I like it. I love it. It's like it's one of the best names in team sports. I know you don't like it, Steve, but I like it. Maybe Red Hogs though. That's like my because they were the hogs. at the, the offensive line and the fans wearing the hogs stuff for the game. I could take that. But the Red Wolves, like, like I don't think Wolves really. It it's not football. I mean, I, I don't think of no football <laughs> and Wolves. I, I it just it doesn't seem appealing to me. Uh, but some of the other names, they had names, images of war. And I thought that Dallas, those were terrible to use those um, those names. But Red Hogs or Washington football team, those are the two only acceptable
0: names. Yeah, we were debating yesterday the Washington presidents, and I wanted the logo to be something revolving around, pun intended, uh, Taft. I think that would be great. Um, <laughs> but I I, re- I really do. I, I like the Red Hogs thing because it, it, it harkens back to their history with the offensive line. And I think the logo could be really cool, so – uh, but you're right. I, I, The problem now is uh, almost every name is going to be skewered and diced and sliced. And like you said, any sort of reference to war, people are going to be mad about. So uh, they're in a, a weird position here. And the other part of it is getting the trademark on the freaking name. Um, I forget, one of the names uh, was already owned by like an esports organization. It seems like every name wow. everyone comes up with, like the Guardians, that's turned into a freaking mini nightmare for the uh, former Indians. Uh, you got to pass that. You know, you got to get over that hurdle as well. Yeah, I mean there are
1: tons of different names for things, and if if it's a basic name that people know, there's a chance that, that may be protected. So Washington Football Team just seems like a name <laughs> that's it just fits. me. I like it.
0: Uh, one more thing on the legal front on that, like how if they went with Football Team, what like how aggressive could they be in getting a trademark and protecting it? Like, could we never say Football Team for like any level of football? Like, what what happens at that point with the term Football Team? Well see,
1: don't use football team. The use football team and any reference to football team isn't protectable, but Washington football team oh, okay. um would would work. And you can also include that with maybe I know they've had some 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 signage on the field about when they were founded, Washington football team and then put the established EST period and something after that, like the long legal form of that name. Right. So there are a lot of ways they can kind of get that to be specific without just being something generic, like quote unquote football team.
0: You know, it's crazy to say for a franchise, that has been around 500 uh, recently in the bears, but the entire world of football has our eyes on the bears here for like the next three or four weeks. And I love, love, love the fact that Andy Dalton stepped up. (laughs) I don't know if the coaches told him to do it. I don't know if he's getting annoyed by it. This is great between Andy Dalton and Justin Fields, where Andy Dalton's like, hey, Fields is going to be great, but this is my time. (laughs) Okay, QB1. QB1 is just that he has – his number is one.
1: He stepped up the – I mean, he was – there was already debate about whether he was going to be good or not. But, I mean, he has the tools. He has the gifts. He has an arm. He has legs. The team already loves the guy already. Sorry, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton stands for mediocrity at the quarterback position, and I don't know how long he's going to be able to keep that spot from a guy who's flat out going to probably be a star at the next level.
0: Xavier Pope is up on Cofield and Company. So uh, this week, a virtual NABJ. First of all, tell people what the NABJ is, and then uh, some of the events that you thought were really cool as part of uh, the overall picture.
1: Sure, uh, the National Association of Black Journalists Conference, uh, it's an organization that's been around for 40 years um, That is consists of many of the journalists uh, before, behind and in front of the camera uh, in, in UC uh, that are African-American around the world, the whole diaspora. Um, some of, I am the vice president of finance for the sports task force. Um, some of the really great panels consisted of, uh, I did a panel on fa- uh, fair pay and equity and uh, the profession. Another one I, I did that was really great um, was on how to become a TV producer, uh, news executive. Um, and then also it was a really great one that was on mo- uh, mobile programming from CNN. That was really awesome to kind of learn how that works to get uh, to get programming on, on mobile. Apple News had a really great one where they kind of talked about how they aggregate news and some of the things you see on your phone every day. So uh, really, really great workshops, really great panels. Um, and it was really great to be, it's really been part of it.
0: Draymond Green is going to be in the media. I'm not going to say he's going to be a journalist because I think they're two different things. He'll be an entertainer. He'll be an outspoken guy. Hell, he might be the lightning rod that TNT brings in when uh, Barkley walks away. Um, I Man, I'm confused by this podcast the other day with Kevin Durant and Draymond Green talking about their fight, the breakup of the Warriors. And I saw a lot of fingers pointing away from each other what do you think of this whole conversation when both agreed and it was spurred on by Draymond saying that Carr and management didn't handle uh, our fight correctly? Kevin Durant agreed with them. See, that's what I thought was and, really weird. Yeah, I mean, so if
1: these two have beef with each other and they feel like the team didn't resolve it properly, that's the team's fault. Uh, and. There's someone commented that Draymond Green is Teflon because he gets to criticize his organization and nothing's going to happen to him. We haven't heard really that much from the team in terms of, of coming down on him. And if 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 the team says something about this and said we didn't do this, we think it They look bad because you have the guy who left and you have the guy who's there who are confirming something about the team. If you're the team, you just step back and just say, Draymond, let Draymond be Draymond and just keep going.
0: I feel like at some point he's gonna outlive his worth. But if they take this and they don't do anything, then it kind of shows that he's he's worth an awful lot. I just I think with Draymond sometimes I feel like there's a lack of accountability. Like you got into a fight and then you're <laughs> mad at your bosses for not handling it correctly and the breakup is not your fault. Like I, I don't I don't know, man. Sometimes I don't get it. But here's a weird thing. In some ways, he should be an inspiration to the rest of us. Cause I think the rest of us look at him and we're like, we could never say that about our employer publicly, but he can. Like if this, if this actually led to more workers rights, so we could actually fire at our bosses publicly for the way they handle situations, that would be, that would be a great advancement.
1: And the lesson to that is, is be authentic and be yourself. Yeah. And you will go as far as your desires will take because there are only a few people that are able to speak their mind and just kind of be open about who they are, and what they represent. And they are, they're rewarded for it. Raymond Green is going to be uh, one of the highest paid athletes in media after he finishes playing. I mean, he's already doing TNT because he is basically the the, the the new age version of Charles Barkley. He's able to just kind of say whatever it's, if it's ridiculous, people look, people are, Oh, wow. He, at least he said this. And if, if it's right, like, Oh, he's right on point. I mean, it just, this is amazing the
0: lane he's able to occupy. Yeah, I uh, I think Draymond is a horse's ass often, but guess what? <laughs> For my business, because we we use a lot of the uh, TV talking heads to kind of balance out our show, because we're very wise on our show, and we need uh, people with you know crazy opinions. Um, he's going to be great. We're going to be using his bites all the time. Mm-hmm. Which speaking of, I use Stephen A. all the time, um, and you know in watching Stephen A. and pulling clips of Stephen A. I've seen and I've said it on the air with several exchanges. Man, Stephen A. is done with Max Kellerman. There's something going on here. He's dismissing him. He's getting more and more pissed off at him. This is going to be a weird deal. So it looks like Max is out. Mm-hmm. Xavier, who do they get to go on the show with Stephen A. Because essentially, I think Stephen A. needs someone who pushes back a little bit, but not too much, and basically serves the role of a punching bag. Who's <laughs> gonna Who's gonna sign up for this?
1: I-, I tweeted this that I think that Stephen A. Smith sports. First take is going to be the show, and they're going to be ro- roving guests that he just debates with. Sometimes there'll be a rapper, sometimes there'll be another athlete, sometimes there'll be other ESPN personalities, and it's going to be all about Stephen Stephen A. and his take of the day, and how, and then maybe things will trend based on who that person is. You'll be, you may see Kevin Durant be on first take debating with Stephen A. Smith. I, this is the lane. He is the reason why you watch first take. Max Kellerman was never a reason why you watch first take. Max Kellerman, can you remember anything Max Kellerman actually said? And even if his takes, even if they were wild, they were he in, wasn't entertaining enough for those takes to stick for people to really care what Max Kellerman said. Xavier, Xavier, have-
0: Xavier, this is not about Max Kellerman and the effectiveness of his takes. This is Stephen A. <laughs> Stephen A's done with him. That's it. Stephen A, this is, this is, all, this is all from Stephen A. Come on now. Now, Steve. Yes, <laughs> we we know how you feel about Max Kellerman, and I I respect Max on his boxing stuff. I think he's a pretty solid sports talk host. We run a show now, but I like I don't I don't think Max is untouchable. I don't think he's great, but what I am explaining is Stephen A. is he's a really interesting guy to work with, and it, it's like this the force of Stephen A. is going to make this show really interesting moving forward. And you are gonna, I mean, the athlete thing is interesting, but. I mean, is there going to be a point where Stephen A. is going to get all pissed off, like almost to the point of like threatening an athlete? I mean, I guess that actually is good TV. It's
1: going to be great TV. I I see a Draymond Green going on first take. Oh I boy. see a little Wayne going on first take. I see whatever the hot person that is in media has a movie out doing a first take about whatever the movie is. I mean, for if Stephen A. debates whoever yeah. is going to be a bigger deal on first take than debating Max Kellerman. I it just is.
0: Now, wait a second here. I was just told last week that people were happy and in a way pissed off, happy about Jenny Taft, the lead on Undisputed going after Skip Bayless, right? And yeah. people were like, hey, why do we marginalize the women on these shows? Why aren't they part of the debate? Xavier, why don't we have like five female candidates who should be the full-time co-host with Stephen A? How do you think that would work? I think it would work
1: great. You just need a, a woman on that show that is able to give Stephen take Stephen a, a, a run for his money. Now there are plenty of women they could do that. I mean, they, you know, they have, uh, you know, a few opinionated women that are over there. They have Monica Nutt has been filling in for uh, for Stephen A and she's been doing a great job. So maybe she's the person they maybe bring over there. Uh, and I, I think it's worth it, the, worth the, the effort to explore. But I think it's really more so about the star of Stephen A singularly uh, than it is any
0: other person. Yeah, they absolutely have to have a fee. if if you're gonna put your money where your mouth has been, then they absolutely have to have a woman or two in the rotation with Stephen A. I think it's important.
1: I think it's important. I think women's versus, uh, voices in sports have increased significantly, um, and that's why you've seen that happen on around the horn and many of the voices you've seen there, uh, and uh, and that's that they sh- that door definitely should be open for them, and and that's why you've probably seen Stephen A. Smith in his absence bring on a Mac- Monica McNutt. Who has done? who's done spectacularly well, who's now a rising star in sports media.
0: Xavier, one more time, tell people about Suit Up News. Suit Up News, uh, hashtag
1: Suit Up News uh, on my Twitter. Uh, timeline, at XavierPoke, X A B I R Two minutes and 20 seconds of politics, sports, and trending topics that matter. Give us a holla.
0: Have a good weekend, pal. <laughs> you too, buddy. <laughs> There he is, Xavier Pope. Check him out on Twitter, at Xavier Pope. On the way, we'll get to our daily UNLV football report. Good conversation with one of the top players on defense and now the leader of the defense, Jacoby Winman.
2: Want to be part of the show? Tweet at Steve Cofield or call 702-364-1100. Every
1: rookie needs those guys, and I think that's the one thing you're seeing with Mac Jones understanding the game, learning how to be a professional, going out there, taking what the defense is giving him, and playing well when he gets his opportunity.
0: Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota studio. There he is, the main Wiggins. I would try to do the uh, New England accent, but don't want to insult anyone. No more accents, please. Please, please, please. We should learn this week, but... Uh, There he is, Wiggins talking about the improved Patriots and the fact that uh, Mac Jones has a shot to be a pretty solid contributor. And now it looks like the Patriots have a decent battle on their hands, as opposed to last year when they had a Cam Newton who looked like he was about sixty percent of normal Cam Newton. He's looked better, and Mac Jones might be able to play in the league sooner than later. We just talked to Xavier Pope. That spot was brought to you by our friends at Nova Home Loans. If you've been in your house for at least two years, you got equity in the house and. If you're still paying the original monthly payment, that's nuts. You probably still have that sky-high interest rate. It's time to make a move. you got to call my guys at Nova Home Loans, 577-2600. It's 577-2600, Nova Home Loans. Going back a couple of years, I sat down with Nova Home Loans. Dustin DeHart specifically uh, took him about 20 minutes to assess my situation. My rate was too high. I still had the uh, PMI on there, uh, the mortgage insurance, and I went in for a mortgage tune-up, give him all the numbers, he runs it. Gave me three different refinance options. I made my choice and uh, dropped my rate by over two points. No more mortgage insurance, and uh, guess what? Because of appreciation in the home, I actually had the option of taking money out of the house, so I did. And got to work on some home improvement projects, so uh, take advantage of it. 577-2600, but the only way you can do it is to actually make the call. You can do the same exact thing. 577-2600. It's Nova Home Loan. So, uh, we've been out at UNLV football practice um, much of the week in the mornings as you're getting ready for a UNLV football season that's up now in 13 days. The opener is September 2nd at the Al against Eastern Washington. There are tickets available, so get up there. The get-in price is around 30 bucks. And the other thing is make sure you start to uh, scan what's going on with the parking situation because the UNLV football games are going to be a lot different than the Raiders game. So there's so many good stories on this UNLV roster last year was obviously ridiculous, you know, six games. They didn't know up until the, you know, the last moment, a lot of weeks that they were going to play games and they had games canceled. You had an outbreak of COVID within the program. So dudes couldn't prep for the season. Their beginning of the season was delayed weeks and weeks. I mean, it was really, it was a lost season. As now they try to rebuild this defense or trying to make some big changes. So they bought it, brought in a bunch of dudes as outside pass rush options, older guys, freshmen, Redshirt freshman. So what that's allowed is Jacoby Winman, who was one of the better players on the defense, along with Adam Plant, was you know in the All Mountain West Conference mention. Right? Uh, he did a great job, Jacoby Winman, on the outside. Well, he played last year at 215 pounds on the defensive line, so they moved him back, right? More size appropriate for that level of the defense at linebacker. Well, he's actually he's actually gotten bigger, which is noticeable. So we talked to him about that. Uh, Yesterday, But uh, the first thing we got into was a they actually had a scrimmage situation on Thursday and asked him what he thought of the scrimmage.
2: I think I had a lot of growth because it gave me a chance at scrimmage one. I was able to see like different things, different formations, you know, just seeing different looks from that depth. So I was able to uh, get in the film room with my coaches and teammates and chop it up and, and just grow from there. So I think the growth been pretty good so far. We have very physical defense. I think guys. Uh, like to run to the ball. Uh, we got 11 guys running to the ball with their hair on fire and just ready to hit.
0: What's the defensive line look like in front of you? You know, you, obviously you you move back a level, so what do you think about some of the newcomers and, and then how some of the holdovers are uh, They
2: They're monsters. You know, we got Connor Murphy, we got Carlo, we got Tavis, Adam Plant, all those, Colin Wilborn, you know, the transfer from uh, Arizona. So, you know, they, they are pretty good guys. Uh, I like being behind them. I trust them. I think they're going to do a good job in the upcoming games. And By the way, how much you weigh now? I'm 230. 230 really? right now. Yep. I played at 215 last year at DN. So I put on like 15. How'd you do that? Uh, just eat, man. I think when I went home on that little break, I think that's why I picked it up. So All <laughs> right, gumbo. We're gumbo, reading. cornbread, collard greens, red beans, you know, all that soul food, man. I'll be getting it in. Yeah, trust me, it wasn't just from eating New Orleans food. Because uh, he's noticeably
0: bigger up top. Like, I eat a lot of New Orleans food. I'm a fat, mushy old man. Uh, Jacoby Winman has gotten a lot bigger up top. Uh, he was a leaner guy, and he expects to try to play at about 235 pounds as the uh, general of that defense. And, you know, he talked about the defensive line. So, you have Adam Plant, who was really good last year, the transfer from TCU out of Bishop Gorman. Uh, Plant is a legit Power 5 guy, you know, 6'5", 260. He looks the part. Wilborn had a big year at Arizona a couple of years ago. He's a little smaller, around six foot and 250. He's on the edge. It's the inside guys where they really needed to improve and get more depth, and they've added a lot inside at the defensive tackle positions. He mentioned Connor Murphy, 6'7", 260, USC transfer. Uh, Cole Yusike is back. Uh, He's, you know, a squatty guy, kind of a fat bottom. That's not an insult, but, you know, 5'11", 3'15", anchor type dude. And now they've got a good rotation behind them a smaller speed defensive tackle in Naki Fahina. Uh, Emare is a little smaller guy, but he's thick at 260 pounds. And uh, Tavis uh, Malakias is back as well. He's battled injuries his whole career. Dude is, you know, pretty thick dude at 270 pounds. And, you know, a lot of these guys were some of the holdovers, some of the JUCOs that took a couple of years to develop from the Tony Sanchez era. So this is the cool part of the story with Jacoby Winman. He's going to be one of the stars of the defense. Well, when he was recruited, uh, you know, talking to Tony Sanchez, the old coach, Sanchez goes down to the New Orleans area, right? Not a traditional UNOV recruiting hub. But he goes down to the New Orleans area. They're recruiting a kid named Travis Mumphrey to be one of their quarterbacks of the future. And Winman's on the team. I think they know about Winman, but then their eyes are open with Winman. And uh, Winman took us through uh, how this whole thing happened, how the whole thing developed with Sanchez finding this gem.
2: Honestly, they was uh, recruiting Travis Monfrey first as the quarterback, and I think they just kind of seeing me from him because I was playing both sides of the ball. So I was able to play receiver and defense. Once he recruited me, you know, I took my official visit. They talked me into it. Then once I got here, I, you know, I just fit in whatever the team needed me at.
0: Did you know anything about UNLV, Vegas, the football program?
2: No, nah, not really. Not until I got here, and then I got to talking to more guys about it, and then it became, you know, a brotherhood, and they brought me in treating me like family
0: what'd you like what was your first impression where you're like okay i'm open to this
2: uh it was it was a lot different because you know it's different from new orleans being in vegas so things was different like seeing all those lights and those mountains you know like (laughs) i said i didn't see a mountain till i came out here and uh just the transition it was amazing and i'm just blessed yeah i can tell you it's a lot
0: different i uh, i make a trip to new orleans every year it's like my uh, second home love the place but it is a much different area from a, a weather standpoint and from a terrain standpoint, and that's a guy to follow all year. He had a great year last year. He's making a big position change. They trust him an awful lot to be the leader of the defense, Jacoby Winman. All right, football frenzy coming up. We continue our co and company NFL countdown. We've ranked all the teams from 32 down to number one. Up next, number 16 Vikings, Ron Johnson, former NFL player, works on KFan, And we'll ask him right off the bat, what is going on with the quarterback situation? Because Kirk Cousins is kind of playing with fire. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota.